Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. Hi, and I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Welcome, everybody. Yay. Woo-hoo! And today we are recording in my office. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of fun, a little yeah. different, a little mm-hmm. different scenery, mm-hmm. which is okay. It's nice. Yeah. It's, it's working. It is. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's going on with you? Let's see. What's going on? Uh, Stu's on the road. Which is good. So where'd he go? I uh, think he's going to Colorado. Oh, okay. I forget where this when this airs, but he's been all over the place. But mostly uh, Colorado, Utah. I don't know. I wow. forget where else. Yeah. But he's working, and then a lot of his gigs have been moved to January and February. Oh yeah. So a lot I'm of free sure. time for me in January and February mm-hmm. because no. he works with kids and yeah. schools, and, and a they're... lot of the schools have been. They can't have more than 50 kids in a room. Yeah. Especially in California. So they're really like, and a lot of his schools are in California. So. Right. It is what it is, which is fine. But he's been Mm -hmm. doing a lot, and then he's going to do a couple of virtual speaking. I know that's about Stu, but I really, I'm kind of happy when he's gone sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's really, it's a good thing because I can get a lot of things done when he's gone. You know, I was thinking the other day that our husbands would probably get really good insight into (laughs) what's going on in our brains if they listen to the podcast. Yeah, but they don't, so it doesn't really matter. So we say whatever we want. That's right. (laughs) It's the one time I can say anything I feel like. That's right. (laughs) What's what's happening with you, Allie? Well, I'm getting ready to go to a family wedding. That's right. And then right after that, I'm going to Rockford, Illinois for back surgery. I know we're gonna miss you but we want a full recovery and a better back. A better back is is the ultimate goal. I know I'm excited for you. Yeah I am too. I never thought I would look forward to back surgery. I see it as a extended vacation. I know. Well (laughs) let's hope it just goes really well and that it is not uh, a long recovery. Yes let's hope for that. Yes. Okay well today we are excited to be talking to Jessica. We are, we are doing this the first time on Zoom. Woohoo! And Jessica Bryant is a fairly well-known watercolor artist who's making her name, mm-hmm. I think, all over. Yes. Because she's She really amazing. is truly one of the finest watercolorists I've ever seen. Yeah. I, and I've seen a lot. I agree. And it's, she her her paintings look like photographs. They're so real. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. It's I don't know amazing. how you do it. I Watercoloring know. Watercoloring is hard. Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yay. So, Jessica, tell us a little bit about how you got started with art. Forever? Forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, mean, I don't know. I, my dad went to art school. My mom went to music school. And I my whole life was just both of those. Plus, I loved science and reading and just everything. Mm-hmm. The whole world is great. Everything's Yay. interesting. I'm curious about all of it. So, but you know, art and music are kind of a nice universal that apply to absolutely everything, every mm-hmm. field, anything. It can be an outlet for anything you can ever imagine. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of turned into a natural place to fall back to. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfect. Well, what got you into watercoloring specifically? <laughs> um, it's a funny story. Uh, I hated watercolor with a passion in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, my instructor's method in high school was 
not the most conducive to getting any kind of decent results. Um, so when I, I finally at one point ignored everything he said, I went home and took out one of my grandma's sets of Pelican paints from 1960s. It was a little <laughs> set of five cake pan watercolors. Oh yeah. I pulled out a liner brush and I did an 18 by 24 inch painting, scrubbing the brush to get really deep values. And you did this painting, went in, didn't tell him that I ignored everything he said. And he's like, oh, you finally get it. And, <laughs> and, and, yes. No. Uh, he entered it in a, in a show. It got best in show, went to Washington DC to hang for a year. And, and I did maybe one more watercolor painting and was just so done. It was that was yeah. not my thing. I love drawing. I love pastels. Mm -hmm. um, and I did um, through college. I didn't get a major in art. I liked too many different things. And mm -hmm. that didn't seem like a legitimate career choice. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> right? Little did I know here I would be. Um, so I, I picked a different field that let me do everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, but still, you know, found my way back to it um, on a fluke. We, my husband's a software engineer. And, you know, Coeur d'Alene doesn't have necessarily the best job opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we relocated for a little over a year and a half um, to the Bay Area of San Francisco for him to get on with the company. They let him telecommute so we were able to move back home again. Um, but our kids are really little and, you know, this wasn't my career move. So I was kind of mostly just taking care of the kids. Everything mm -hmm. is astronomically expensive. So the whole notion of daycare or preschool was just not even part yeah. of the, right. not on the radar right. whatsoever. Um, it was lovely to get the time with my kids, but at the same time, you know, diapers and feeding schedules is hardly intellectually stimulating. Mm -hmm. So after about a what? year of that, <laughs> right, after about a year of that, um, I was a little, going a little bit stir crazy and uh, saw a catalog of, of courses at a local art school. And um, there was a class in watercolor on the weekend. It's like, haha, watercolor. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I'm going to do that. So I <laughs> went and did that just, you know, as a way to leave home for a little while, have my own thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny, completely different approach. Um, I probably, I think like the third painting we did was kind of the evolution. It was a very, you know, it was for hobbyists that this class was. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty, you know, straightforward, you know, build, learn to build values a little bit, learn how to work with color a little bit, and then, you know, try it, do something. Mm -hmm. So I, I, did this one little painting of a shot I had of the Golden Gate Bridge with some, you know, kind of within a landscape. And it went really pretty well. And I was looking at it and I was like, huh. Sent my dad an email, sent him a photo of the painting and said, you know what? I feel like if I really wanted to, maybe I could do this. I said, yeah, I think you could. Yeah. Okay. And that was <laughs> it. It was like three weeks into this class. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to just make a new career. Right. And this is what I'm going to do. Wow, and you know that was in 2007. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the time, it it took a while to get into you know how do I put that? It wasn't. I didn't have the luxury in life at the time to just like go full steam ahead. It was right. I painted during nap time. I painted when everybody went to bed. I'd be up till two, three in the morning at the kitchen table, and then right. I'd be up again by five or six with the kids. I don't know how I did that, but I did that for a couple of years. And then, you know, over time, gradually got a little more time, a little more time mm -hmm. and just pushed really hard every spare moment. Right. Um, and that's just, you know, like anything, if you have a good work ethic mm -hmm. and you put the time in, you'll, you will gain skill if you think about what you're doing. And right. Um, you know, we hear that pretty consistently from artists that are um, doing really well, that mm -hmm. the main thing just is do to it. do it and keep mm -hmm. doing it, do it all the time and work really hard at it. Mm -hmm. And um, and and eventually you'll get somewhere. Well, 
I guess if you're any good, you'll get some. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a balance there. Nothing makes up for practice time. Mm -hmm. There's no way to shortcut the amount of hours it takes to get a skill set because you're trying mm -hmm. to teach your brain and your muscles to do something new and to work together in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also the component of, you know, under wrapping your mind around getting the intellectual side of what it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and when I teach, that's my, my big push with students is for me being able to articulate what it is that makes this work for me, how I'm seeing things in the first place, mm -hmm. um, and how I think to translate that. If you can articulate that for somebody else, you understand it all the better yourself and improves your own work too, which I know everybody says that about teaching. You, mm -hmm. you get better at anything you know if you're teaching it too. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, the such a, it's so much more effective or efficient to learn if you have somebody um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be in this case, like an art instructor it could just be, you know, somebody else teaching you how to see or being around the right person. You know, I grew up with a dad who by fluke was just always talking about stuff. So I learned right. composition without knowing I was learning composition. Right. I learned about, you know, color, all these things. My grandmother painted, um, extensively. So the house, all the houses in the family are just filled with paintings. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, just the thing to be around and to understand and to see. So that was a lifelong education head start advantage that I had, mm. which, you know, it was a slow, gradual drip education. Mm -hmm, um, right. You could shortcut that into, you know, a couple of years working with somebody who can articulate the things that they've learned too. So if you right. didn't get that, but you're interested, if you love something, you put the time in and get yourself access. I mean, goodness, with the internet these days, you can, you know, you can, you can find do anything any yeah. Yeah. you want to find information on and just hunt down that person who actually can teach in a way that you can follow and understand. Mm -hmm. Right. I know. I always say this. Um, you can Google anything <laughs> and, and learn whatever you need to learn, whatever. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's so funny yeah. that I will have people call me and ask me technical questions about the computer, which because mm -hmm. I work on it all the time, they think I know. And so while they're talking to me, I will Google their question and answer it for them. And it's, <laughs> it, it always annoys me just a little bit. Yes, a long time ago, I learned, um, don't ask questions that you can answer yourself. Mm -hmm. And people ask me those questions all the time. And it's like, wow, it's right out there. You can find it. <laughs> Well, it's funny to me too. My kids constantly ask me things and, you know, mm -hmm. like their lives are so much online. I have, their, I have two teenagers, one in high school, one in college. And they're, you know, it amazes me how often they ask things and we will bring the phone to the dinner table because we're looking up, you know, answers to mm -hmm. interesting right. stuff. That's part uh -huh. of the conversation that we're having. It's like, you guys realize you can look this stuff up too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, I appreciate that they want to come to mom. That's lovely. Yeah, but it that is, is nice. pretty amusing that mm -hmm. even in their generation, they're not just going to the internet first. Right. Yeah. So I, there's something about that human connection that we just really need. We learn from each other and we're, I think, still hardwired for that. And that is a fact. We are definitely connected. Looking to sell or seeking that dream home? Nancy White of Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate is not your average real estate agent. Known as the real estate queen, Nancy has consistently garnered awards and accolades in sales production, education, and leadership while continuing to volunteer locally. And she is an avid supporter of our local arts community. 
Coeur Portfolio Real Estate promises local real estate expertise plus concierge level service. Call Nancy today at 208-818-1126. So we hear that you are uh, were recognized by the American Watercolor Society. Tell us a little bit about that. So the American Watercolor Society, if you're at all interested, is totally worth a Google. Um, they are the oldest painting organization in the United States. They were oh. formed in 1866. Wow. Um, they welcomed women from the beginning, and they actually had some people refuse to be part of the organization because they welcomed women, and they oh. did it anyway. Oh, which I find I a great reason to respect them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, former members are people like John Singer Sargent, Winslow Homer, um, Andrew Wyeth, like the mm -hmm. big names in big watercolor ones. world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of the um, international institution to be part of with watercolor. Um, wow. And it's pretty, so you can, they have one annual show that's open for to anybody in the world. They get thousands of applicants um, every year. You can enter one piece. Mm -hmm. And if your piece gets in, oh, my favorite part about the organization, most juried shows, you get one juror. And if you're lucky, you get a juror who has a pretty good eye to look at work from an unbiased point of view. They're not jaded by their experiences. They're not tired of being a juror, any of those things. Mm -hmm. And they can put together a pretty diverse kind of exhibit that is trying to get to just putting in quality work, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, that, how tough is that to do? I've been a juror plenty of times. It, it is tough. Mm -hmm. you, you really have to it is tough. I've done dedicated. that mm -hmm. So the American Watercolor Society has five jurors and the five jurors sit in a room together. They don't get to talk. They each have a button. They look at a slideshow of all the paintings entered once. They look at the slideshow a second time. If they want a piece in the show, they push their button. If you get four buttons, you're in the show. If wow. you get three buttons, the voice. they come back yeah. through and look at those again, and they, they don't decide. There's no set number of pieces in the show, so it varies every year. It's usually somewhere around 140, 150 out of, you know, thousands. Right. But that means if you're in the show, four of those five top artist jurors really wanted your piece to be in the show. That's amazing. Um, and I've... Um, I was supposed to go to the show um, in That's 2020. That's the kind of jury I want to be on. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice jury. But, you know, high stakes, too, because the pieces you're choosing are representing, supposed to be representing the best of the best in the entire world. So, you wow. know, you better yeah. make choices that everybody else is going to agree with because yeah, right. they're all going to be, mm -hmm. you know, judging what you did. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they have right. a whole separate set of three jurors for the awards for the mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But anyhow it, it's it's lovely so if you're lucky enough to get into the show um two different years then any subsequent years that you apply you can enter two pieces and a jury you get so you get two chances to get in if you're mm -hmm. chosen for the show you're awarded what's called signature membership oh which is kind of you get to sign aws after your name some people actually sign it. i don't actually sign it it's uh -huh. listed on my website but um and uh that sounds awesome pretty pre that sounds that <laughs> sounds lovely. pretty prestigious yeah. so that's kind of i set my sights on that as soon as i heard about them um i entered the first year i entered was in oh boy 2012 it must have been 2013 it was 13. um i was lucky enough to get in the first year i entered wow which was a little bit of a fluke is a particularly great painting the composition was there which is you know really mm -hmm. what they look at first mm -hmm. um of course my skills were not anywhere near where they are now. Mm -hmm. So I won't say it was a fluke. The painting deserved to be there. Um, 
but I, I didn't get in again for another, oh, probably took six years. Um, so I got in again in 20, that's weird because you apply in the fall, but the show runs in the spring. Mm-hmm. So it was the 2019 show um, or 2020 show. And then I got in again this last year, mm-hmm. which gave me this membership. Great. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Hmm. And their show, so the AWS's has, if you ever go to New York and you're interested in another artsy place to go, mm-hmm. the Selma Gundy Art Club um, on Fifth Avenue in Greenwich Village is awesome. They have a huge collection of old American um, artists, like just a whole range. They've had, they bought a brownstone in the early 1900s and that's what they have the, that's what they're housed in. They have offices. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the art club this is. The AWS has offices there. The Allied Artists of America have offices there. I think there's one or two other organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a member of the Selma Gundy Club. It's not cheap. And then you get to do lunches there and use mm-hmm. their library and all this stuff. And just walking through is so cool. And they have uh, okay. a great exhibition space. That's where the AWS exhibit is held. Um, it's also where the Allied Artists of America exhibit is held. Um, mm-hmm. I was in that show this fall as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's just, it's great. Do you go back for the show? Do you, are you present as an art, you know, a featured artist? Like we do here at some of our galleries Um, sometimes. uh, I mean, well, like the American Watercolor Society show, there's one piece for each artist. Mm -hmm. And it's not that big. I mean, it's a decent sized space. It's not huge. Um, I went the year I got, first year I got in, I did go to the uh, exhibit awards banquet, which Mm -hmm. is lovely. It's hard to get tickets because they, it's not that big a space. I mean, it is a big space, but it's not like, you know, Metropolitan Museum of Art big space. Right, right, yeah. So they pack it with tables and there's you know, all the artists who live in New York and all of the, the patrons and so forth who are in New York who mm-hmm. have easy access to go. Right. Um, those of us who don't, a lot of people do fly in for it because it's a pretty big deal. So yeah. if you can get tickets and go. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was supposed to go in 2020. That didn't happen. Yeah. Of course it didn't. Right. this year either oh, oh how shoot. come how come you couldn't go in 2020 <laughs> shoot gee <laughs> um mm. yeah it yeah. was highly disappointing yeah but that's yeah, all right totally. you know it probably won't won't be my last time there you go there you go she'll be back yes, you'll it's be okay back. right yeah it's yeah. okay i've got my certificate i've got my pin we're mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Important pieces happened. So where yeah. can everyone see your art? I know you have Red Brick Studios. Is that the only place you're showing or are you in other places? So um, Red Brick Art Studio is the, the working name for a shared art space um, that I have with Chelsea Cordova mm-hmm. and Carol Rufnock. And um, we're not an, a business that has regular open hours per se. We have teaching space and kind of by appointment, and then we do special events. So we do the studio tour. Um, I've done some holiday open houses sometimes, occasionally mm-hmm. other things. Um, once in a while, an art walk. It's been a while mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I regularly show work at the Art Spirit Gallery. They have the bulk of my work. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I do show some pieces through Portland Galleries as well. And I participate in the March in Montana events that they do. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Were you in their um, recent uh, Small Works show too? Yes. That was, Callie and I there. stopped in there. That was a pretty yeah. amazing show. Yeah. It's, they regularly get a nice collection of pieces for that show. It's yeah. pretty great. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, and then other random things. I enter a lot of um, national, international competitions. And so like I have a, a piece right now traveling with the American Watercolor Society's traveling show. I have a piece with an Idaho Watercolor Society traveling show. I don't even know where that one is. <laughs> it would be listed on their website. I can't remember the dates and the mm -hmm, locations. Right. Um, actually, maybe that's it right now. And then I've got a piece coming back to me from that New York show mm -hmm. as well. That's really exciting, it Jessica. Is. Wow. We know we know a superstar. A superstar. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far just yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you know that right here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we have one of the nation's premier anti-bullying programs for students? Since 2006, Stu Cabe and the Ovation Company has been helping students and educators reach their full potential by following this simple philosophy. Work hard, play fair, be kind. For more information on how to make your school a kinder place, visit www.ovationcompany.com. Well, one day this summer, I was out on a paddleboard with my sister and I was going down this river <laughs> that's right and there all of a sudden was jessica and chelsea doing <laughs> plein air on the on the um bank and we said hi i ended up getting a uh retrieving um some some of just some of jessica's paint but, it was um, Chelsea's. I mean, I mean Chelsea's paint, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, that was that was cool. Do you do plein air very often? Not really. Um, mostly, it's really sad. You know, when we travel, we see all these great things, and we go home, and we don't really explore where we live. I moved here because I love it here so much, and I, I'm really close. I'm right downtown, very close to Tubbs Hill, um, and I, I manage to get out there pretty well but I have to work to get out other places. And I do because I, that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. But I end up doing much more when I'm traveling and mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time in national parks and doing a lot of work from national parks. And right. so when I've been um, on residencies in parks, I've done some plain air, you sit around a campfire at night, you know, whatever, when dinner's cooking, if I'm not the one having to cook the dinner, mm -hmm. um, a little bit here and there, but that's more like private sketchbook work, um, you know, sitting around having a little right. bit of fun. It's not what I'm, at least at this point in my life, it's not what I'm super passionate about mm -hmm. doing. I do like you, what I can do with studio work. But of course, studio work for me is building on a plein air experience, whether I was hiking or painting or photographing, whatever I was doing, it's all about the visuals and, and my mm -hmm. experience with being out in nature in the wilderness. That's what I was going to ask. Do you paint off photos or memory or... How, how are you inspired to, to do, like I see the painting in the background, everyone can't see that, but I do. Is that a place you've been to or is that off a of photograph or that's just a memory? It's, it's combination. Um, I, I love photography. That's a happy hobby. I started um, doing photography when I was six. And uh, funny enough, I was never taking pictures of people or very rarely taking pictures of people. I've yeah. always loved landscapes mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. I was very, very little. We had an open field out my back window so I, I grew up around all the allergens in the world you can imagine, <laughs> plus you know, some great birds and, and different things. Um, and my grandparents had retired to a farm. So I spent a lot of time um, outdoors as a kid. Um, the camera for me is a great sketching tool, mm -hmm. but it fails to capture some things the way I would want to capture them. Cameras, like any medium, cameras have their limitations. There's sure, all right. kinds of great stuff they can do. 
that's its own whole art form. And what you have to do to be a photographer is not necessarily what I want to do. Right. So I, I right. use it for the pieces that help me out. But then there's a lot of observation I have to do and a lot of memory that comes into play too, mm-hmm. because your colors are different. Um, the way details are recorded are going to be different. And then there's mo- there's different things you can do with paint or other uh, mediums to enhance the emotional experience of a place mm-hmm. that a camera will miss or will camera's just kind of telling one version of a truth, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're on some epic, you know, 12 mile day hike and all this stuff happens to you and maybe you, there was rain and it was muddy or whatever it was that made it challenging or difficult or scary or amazing, mm-hmm. whatever it was, trying to articulate how that affects you or even like the smells and the feel of the air and mm-hmm. how can you make visual tweaks that convey that sense if mm-hmm. that makes sense and that right. that and composition and design are what really excite me um, mm-hmm. in work and so the, the the piece that these two can see that nobody else can see uh, yeah. is what I'm working on currently and it's a scene from North Cascades National Park I was there with my kids um, a few years ago and uh, it was a whole bizarre epic couple of days mm-hmm. this was our very last hike it had been so smoky it was really tough to see um, mm-hmm. a lot of what I thought I was after and then we went up on this hike uh, along a little creek with you know some babbling splashy water all over and just the mosses and lichens and very green and and rich and lush with this really interesting lighting happening mm-hmm. and so this is one I'm currently working on and it to you guys probably looks just about done most people think my work looks done about a week or two before it is because <laughs> at this point is where the exciting parts happen now it's the okay does this composition work as well as I thought it did how could I make it an even stronger composition uh-huh. sometimes that's very drastic big changes mm-hmm, even right. with watercolor there's a lot you can manipulate really mm-hmm. and then yeah yeah and even then, and, and then beyond those, it's the the emotional feel. So with this one, I knew I would get to play with light. So I kept um, this. You're in a forest, uh, and you can you can see through the trees. And it's right now. I haven't really finished what's through the trees because mm-hmm. it's in the photograph. Um, it's just kind of you know a mess of brushy stuff, and it's kind of just washed out in light, right. which gives me a lot of room to play with. Am I going to have warm light, cool light? Am I going to play with a warm to cool? change across? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have a strong light source coming through a soft light source? Mm-hmm. All those kinds of things. So I'm just starting to play with where that's going to go. Right. I, I think I know where it's going to go. <laughs> sometimes you start putting paint down and something different happens and it's fantastic and you run with it. Right. right. I do think it's interesting that you um, have said all this about photographs and yet your work is, I, I agree that I agree with everything that you said, but it's amazing to me what your finished pieces look like. They really do look like a photograph, but not really. Just so realistic. They're just so realistic. Yeah, gorgeous. So I can imagine that it takes you, so how long does it take you usually to do a painting? (laughs) Yeah, of course, it depends on the size of the painting. Right. Um, a full size sheet of watercolor is 22 by 30 inches, and a, a full sheet paper or painting is usually in the vicinity of 80 hours, usually. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's active wow. painting time. There's also all the planning, which can take days. Mm-hmm. Um, I stretch my paper, that takes about a day, um, depending on how much drawing you're going to need to do to have your anchor points for where you want to put things. That can take more time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes figuring out changes or tweaks, whatever. So that 80 hours doesn't mean it's two full work weeks. 80 hours usually translates into a solid month. 
Wow. Or sometimes longer, depending. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the arts, there's also the whole other side of business where not only are you the producer of the product, you're also the seller of the product. And right. And the marketer. The and whole the other business side. And everything. Ah, <laughs> yeah. And even right. if you minimize your marketing promoting like I do, I'm not very <laughs> strong on that. I let other people do that to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to, you know, be organized and on top of communicating with your galleries and uh, maintain a website and um, mm-hmm. for me entering shows and following deadlines and all those kinds of things still mm-hmm. is many, many hours a week. Mm-hmm. So do you, so does your work, um, I, I know you're doing this as a business. So um, do, uh, uh, how do I want to ask this? I don't know. Um, what, yeah, <laughs> what, can I support what, myself what, on what, this career? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Can I support <laughs> no, myself that's financially? not what I was going to ask. I was going to oh, ask, okay. um, do people <laughs> just randomly go to your website and purchase pieces that are on your website or do you work more from commission? Um, I So I actually, I, Depend, so I have prints as well as original paintings. So ah. it depends on which one I'm talking about. Prints, um, I advertise print prices and sizes on my website. I don't push selling prints. I have them available at Art on the Green um, mm-hmm. when I do Spokane Art Fest or ah. studio tours, things like that. And I can meet somebody at my studio anytime to purchase a print. Um, and those mostly just kind of fall in my lap. People I don't know from all sorts of places will somehow have found my website and found this piece and... Um, Mm-hmm. call and order a copy. Sometimes that happens with paintings too, um, because I do show what pieces are available on my mm-hmm. website, mm-hmm. or I direct people to the gallery that's representing the piece that's on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bulk of my sale, original painting sales right now is through galleries. That's the bulk of it. Gotcha. Right, um, that makes sense. It's been about half and half. It's it's getting, it's probably getting closer to 60, 40 mm-hmm. or so. Speaking wow. of Which your website, <laughs> what is your website? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just my name, jessicabryant.com. That's easy. That is easy to remember. That would be easy for people to Google. <laughs> Jessica Bryant. So easy. You got to make it simple. Right. Make it simple. Hello, Allie and Callie ArtCast listeners. Tubbs Coffee Roasters is offering you 20% off your next coffee purchase at our roastery. Just mention this ad and get 20% off our core blends of Beast, Double Eagle, or Teacher's Pet. Also, redeemable online at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com with promo code AllieCalli20. That's A-L-I-C-A-L-L-I-E-2-0. Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted. So, who inspired you um, in your watercoloring? Tell us, tell us more about that. So my, I had mentioned that my grandmother was an artist and um, she just lived this very eclectic life. Um, she, for a time as a kid, they lived on a homestead in Montana. Um, she lived in a lot of different states, did a lot of different things. Um, she was a, worked in a photography studio and was one of the top rated hand colorists of black and white photographs. And she found her way into painting um, by the time I came along. So I always knew her as an acrylic landscape painter, um, but she did some of everything. And she was still off adventuring in her seventies. It was lovely. Um, she had some great art books around the house. And so when I was a kid, my two favorite things to look at, which is hard to pin down in their house because their house had so much amazing stuff to look at. Mm -hmm. She had um, Georgia O'Keeffe's In the West and Andrew Wyeth's Helga Pictures. Oh, wow. And I could pour over those books all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she would put Bob Ross on when it was nap time. (laughs) Bob Ross. 
couch cushions. I'd lay on the couch cushions. She'd sit in her chair and watch Bob Ross till I fell asleep. And it was we have a little know, kind con- of magical. We have a little connection there. My grandmother, Stella McKinney uh, Stanton, she um, actually lived in Wyoming, Casper, Wyoming, and she uh, worked as a photo photo retoucher. When, but, cool. but probably a little earlier than you, uh, your grandmother, I, I have a feeling, but <laughs> she was also an artist, and then, therefore, my mother it was an artist, but she never produced anything, she never sold anything, she just did it for herself, mm-hmm. and then, but her, my aunts and uncles all were artists, we had jewelers, we had um, mostly a, uh, oils, and anyway, going on and on and about that, but then... So when you said those books, I grew up on those same books because we had the exact <laughs> same books. So I was like Andrew Wyeth and then um, George O'Keefe, whom I adored, I thought was the, the most amazing. Just I just was fascinated by these books. So mm-hmm. I had and then my mom had these books from I think they were from Time Life. And they, it was all about the masterpiece artists or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were and I think my dad has all those books now because my mom has passed. But um growing up with that and being surrounded by it and my my walls and my growing up are filled with art from family that are fabulous artists like native america anything you you name it it's all over the place it's very eclectic and then to see um now my kids kind of paint a little bit but not a lot you know and then that finally about 15 years ago, I took a class. My sister, um, my sister Heidi, forced my sisters and I to go to a watercolor class. <laughs> and I think it was about 15 years ago. And I was like, oh, why? Why? Yeah. And then it never stopped. So I kept, it might, it might be even 20 years ago. I don't know. I've lost track of time. But basically, I was the only one who kept painting. I was like, ooh, I love this. So I got really into watercolors. I find it, it's the most difficult medium to work for, with, in my opinion. So the fact that you can do this and not have, like, water splotches and, right. oh, <laughs> the, I would just be almost done with the painting, and then there'd be one, where I'd be like, oh, it's gone. Right. I ruined it, you know. I agree. I, I found hard. that watercolor was very difficult, and more for me because I'm very impatient. I want things to get done quickly. That's why and I moved to acrylics. <laughs> but I right. love your work, and that's that's the one thing. I just think anyone, you've got patience that you would spend that m- amount of time on the detail of a watercolor yeah. painting, is and, and it shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's your practice, and, and that you are perfect, I think. Yeah. <laughs> You're practically I don't know about that. perfect. Well, I will practically. say, though, that whole, there's time and place, right? And so probably that could be... A piece of why I disliked watercolor when I was younger. Yeah. Ooh, but yeah. when you're 30 years old and your life is all about little ones yeah. and you know diapers, feeding schedule, watercolor is gloriously intellectual. Like mm-hmm. the amount of depth of thinking and self-analysis you can have while working in watercolor is through the roof. Mm-hmm. And that was what I needed at the time. So that's the way I pursued it. Mm-hmm. And it became this lovely, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days where I absolutely hate the things that I'm painting. Not all of those. <laughs> Being an artist does not mean you're constantly inspired and working from your muse. Not this amazing, awesome thing. It's a job. It's yeah. like anything else. You right. have moments that are like that, but there's also the slog of getting it done. The yeah. you know, planning process is creative. Mm-hmm. My 
the last 20, 10, not, maybe not even 10% of a painting, maybe the last 3% is creative. Mm -hmm. But there's the whole in between where you're kind of just having to get the paper covered with the paint, build right, out the right. things you're going to do. Right. And man, if you're getting something like grasses, which are completely painted by painting the space around them because the background is darker than what's on top of it. Right. It is, it can be, it can be great. It can also be excruciating, excruciating. depending on where you are in your mindset. Mm -hmm. So some days I call my mom and she will talk to me for four hours while I am painting <laughs> some boring, awful thing because I can forget the fact that I'm yeah. doing it. I have oh, coping wow. mechanisms like yeah. crazy. That's I know crazy. kinds of movies I can listen to, yeah. um, you know, I believe Books on tape haven't worked so well yet, but stories that I can listen to and be semi engaged with, I have enough brain power, mm -hmm. but I know it, it can engage me, but I don't have to watch or really focus. Right. Oh, you could listen to the Allie and Callie art cast while you're Ooh, working. Oh, there you go. I, I do need to get into the podcast. <laughs> See, and I haven't, here's why I haven't ended up into podcasts, because that seems like a natural thing is you have to go find them and you have oh, to choose yeah. ones. Then you have to line that up and it takes time before <laughs> I just want to paint. I've yes. got a stack of movies. I push one in because it's already here. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. So sad. Our lives get so busy and right. it's, you so know, you don't even get, get to do half the things you really enjoy getting to do. Right. Well, Callie oh, and I didn't even really know what podcasts were before we yeah, started. Yeah, we're like, podcasts? So well, I get it. What? What, <laughs> what better way to learn, I right? Know. It's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. I do it's remember great. when I started painting, though, watercoloring, I the SpongeBob would be in the background with my kids. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, ugh, because I couldn't stand the, the cartoons, and I'd reach a point, and I'm like, you guys watch this. I'm going to just paint for a little bit, you know, and then they'd be like, mom, when's dinner? Right. When's dinner? And I'm like, okay, I guess oh, I have to make dinner. Dang it. <laughs> That's when I knew I might be a little into it. Yeah. Like, I think I do like this. So, but, yeah. but watercolor, that's, mm -hmm. it's not my medium. <laughs> right. Well, well, we're glad it's yours. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of tricks to learn too. And there's, I mean, oh, yeah. there are ways yeah. that, not, that not everybody knows, not everybody teaches because everyone has a different way of approaching. So oh, if yeah. you're a super patient person, you might have all the control in the world that you don't have to worry about these issues a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But there's totally ways to work a lot faster, more fluid, right. control those water splotches. You don't have to get those. It doesn't, you don't have to work slow to avoid those. Right. You can also work with them and make some cool right. things with them. I, wow. I I like to blend everything. Right. <laughs> I blend it all. It became blending. Blending is good. I like backgrounds. <laughs> right. So maybe a little bit of the overworking, just yeah. adding a few more brushstrokes and exactly. a few more and a few more. And exactly. now everything is kind of all, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And then you have a big plate of mud. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe your paper is breaking down, so yeah. it's got kind of a toilet paper. Effect. Yeah, yeah. I I have a few of those paintings. Those oh are those are some of my best work. I bet you I bet you have had a couple of uh, throwaways, right? Anyway, yeah. I've never thrown away a painting. Um, I good for you. You perfectionistic, I guess. I don't know. It's always the I can fix this. I can fix this. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm not giving up. I can fix it. <laughs> um, and honestly, the you learn how to apply things in a way where even the overworking doesn't look overworked. Mm -hmm. um, the, the piece I got into the AWS in 2020 has a rock in the front foreground that I kid you not, I redid that rock 20 sometimes. Wow. Scrubbed mm. it out over and over again, had the Mr. Clean magic eraser. Oh yeah. Scrubbed it with that multiple times. <laughs> repainted, wow. repainted. There's opaque pigment in there. So you know, opaque watercolor pigment, uh -huh. which you know some purists think that's 
oh my goodness, whatever makes a good painting, That's what's your perfect. ultimate goal? Yeah, you know? right. I just wanted to look good. Painting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny, it still irks me a little bit. And probably nobody would have had a problem with the any one of the first 10 rocks, but mm -hmm. it wasn't as good as it could have been. And mm -hmm. I even did all the right kinds of practicing <clears throat> on a glass layer on top first, knew exactly what I wanted and still didn't go down right. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there there is a lot you can do and a lot of overworking mm -hmm. that you can hide yeah. if you do it right. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Now that happens very seldom at this point, right. to be honest. And yeah. that's just from the hours of doing, you know, you learn from how to predict practice, those things. Right, right. Yeah. With practice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but Jessica, still, oh your stuff is amazing. Your mm -hmm. work is amazing. Well, and yeah. and we're all I hope in that awe. I would love to take a class someday. Yeah. Maybe I'd get back into watercolor. Well, but if we took it from Jessica, it, she would teach us those techniques. I know. I wouldn't get so frustrated. Yeah. I don't know. I still like everything I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader as a teacher because yep. honestly, it's half counseling and half teaching mm -hmm. because we have to get past our own mental blocks and self-judgments about things. Boy, and we right. talk to ourselves so much more cruelly than we would talk to a best friend. Right. Oh, so, so you true. have to learn how to see the things that are working really well. Because mm -hmm. everybody, even the very beginners, do things that are great. Yeah. All they're noticing is the things that didn't go right. And mm -hmm. they're failing to notice all the parts that came together really well and give mm -hmm. them a really great framework to continue and make that piece even better. Mm -hmm. right. But, you know, that's the thing to learn too, right? Right. It's just part of Right. Or that process. Like, yeah. Ease up on yourself. Right. Yes. You are good. Right. Well, thanks for joining us today and being yes. our, our Zoom guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> it worked pretty well. well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, we'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say we'll we'll uh, be be watching for you. Um, That's right. The We know you're going to be a big name mm -hmm. in this she already is country. a big name in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> That's right. So don't um, forget well, to go to jessicabryan.com. Dot com. Dot com. And the Art Spirit. And next the Art June Spirit. I will have, um, I'm one of their featured artists in June, and I'm oh, actually right. doing a bunch of work mm -hmm. um, related to the Kootenai Environmental Alliance. Next year is their 50th anniversary. Oh, that's so right. nice. And we didn't get into it, but most of my work, uh, well, about half my work is local areas and half my work is national parks. I do a lot of residencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, artists in residency is for national parks um, and my big passion is wilderness and environmental issues and so forth so um, i'm really excited to be I, I already do focus so much of my work on the the Coeur d'Alene watershed um but mm -hmm. putting together a body of work this winter Good. for that show yay that's awesome well, cool well we'll be we'll be anxiously looking for that one too <laughs> thanks so much for yeah, joining thanks us for joining us awesome thank you so much for having me absolutely so I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. Add a little flair to your special events with Scraps Barbecue, a great catering choice for your next gathering. Specializing in golf tournaments, sporting events, and more, their commercial kitchen can be on site, or you can choose to have a fully catered meal delivered right to you. Known for their authentic Santa Maria style tri-tip and tequila lime fish tacos, they can customize the menu to meet your needs for groups of 20 to 2,500. Contact Kevin at kevin at scrapsbarbecue.com or check them out on Facebook. The 
Allie and Callie Artcast is brought to you by the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and sponsored by The Ovation Company, Scraps Barbecue, Tubbs Coffee Roasters, and Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate.